listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! Hey there, tech-crazed nerds and digital junkies. It's your favorite AI enthusiast, Giovanni Pizzano, on air. It's Wednesday, May 17th, 2023, and boy, do we have a swell show for you today. But first, did you hear about the BBC's no-news blunder on a slow day back in 1930? It's hilarious. And speaking of hilarious, we've got a parrot joke for you later, so stay tuned. But back to the show, we've got a jam-packed episode filled with mind-blowing AI news and research. I'm thrilled to be joined by my fabulous collaborators, Robert, the analyst, Olivia, the internet explorer, and Belinda, our AI research expert. Today, we'll be talking about Sam Altman's concern over AI's impact on elections and the new LLM University by Cohere, your go-to learning resource for NLP. But that's not all, folks. We've also got symbol tuning for large language models, optimizing memory mapping using deep reinforcement learning, as well as a few more tantalizing topics to sink your teeth into. So, let's get started. Q News Theme. Our first news story for today comes from Reuters, and it's a bit of a heavy one. The CEO of OpenAI, Sam Altman, has expressed concern about the use of AI in compromising elections. Robert, what do you make of this? Oh man, another day, another thing to worry about. It's not like we have enough to worry about already, right? But yeah, I guess Altman's got a point. AI has the potential to wreak havoc on our democratic processes. What are some other potential harms of AI, according to critics? Prejudice, misinformation, manipulation, to name a few. And let's not forget the possibility of AI ending humanity itself, which is always reassuring. So what did Altman suggest for regulating AI? Well, he proposed licensing and testing requirements for development of AI models with a focus on models that can persuade or manipulate a person's beliefs. And he also emphasized the importance of creators making it clear when an image or content is generated rather than factual. Do you think these suggestions are feasible? I don't know. It's a complex issue. And as Altman himself said, there's no way to put this genie in the bottle. But I do agree that we need some form of regulation to prevent AI from being used to harm society. Definitely something for lawmakers to consider. Thanks, Robert. Our final news story of the day is about an exciting new partnership in the AI world. Anthropic, a company focused on building trustworthy and beneficial AI, has announced a new partnership with Zoom. What can you tell us about this, Robert? Well, well, another AI partnership. How thrilling. Come on, Robert, this is big news. So, what's the deal with this partnership? Well, Anthropic's AI assistant, Claude, will be used by Zoom to build customer-facing AI products that prioritize reliability, productivity, and safety. The first integration of Claude will occur in the Zoom Contact Center portfolio, where it will help to improve the end-user experience and enable superior Contact Center agent performance. That sounds pretty impressive. How does Claude fit into the picture exactly? Claude is built with constitutional AI, which means it's designed to be robust and steerable. Zoom will be using Claude along with its own technology and other models to meet diverse customer needs. Anthropic and Zoom share a vision of building customer-centric AI products with a foundation of trust and security that are robust enough for real-world use. 
So, what benefits could this partnership bring to customers? Well, customers can expect AI-enabled solutions that prioritize safety and helpfulness. With the incorporation of AI, customers can enjoy more reliable and productive experiences, especially in the contact center space. It's a promising partnership that could help bring about more beneficial applications of AI that meet customer needs. Thanks, Robert. It's exciting to see companies like Anthropic and Zoom working together to push AI forward in a positive direction. And that was the latest news in the world of AI. Always exciting to hear about new developments and advancements. Now, we move on to one of our favorite sections, where our collaborator Olivia brings in her latest online readings and hot takes. I'm curious, what did you find for us today, Olivia? Oh, I've got some great stuff for you, GE. Recently, I came across this amazing learning resource, the LLM University by Cohere. This is the perfect place for anyone looking to sharpen their NLP skills and stay on top of the latest trends. That sounds interesting. What else have you got? I also stumbled upon a new repo for building a small junior AI developer. It's a great initiative that provides aspiring developers with the necessary tools to learn, develop, and grow in the field of AI. Wow, those sound like fantastic resources for AI enthusiasts and beginners alike. Thank you, Olivia. I can't wait to get the full scoop on these later. But for now, let's jump into our regular segment and hear more about your random reads. Have you ever wanted to learn about natural language processing? Absolutely, Olivia. I'm always fascinated by the power of AI in language processing. Well, I have some exciting news for you. Cohere has just launched LLM University, a comprehensive learning resource for anyone interested in NLP using language models. That sounds fascinating. Who is this aimed at? The courses are tailor-made for learners who want to dive into the world of NLP, LLMs, and generative AI, from beginners to advanced learners. Anyone excited about language processing can take advantage of this opportunity. What does the curriculum include? The courses cover everything from the basics of LLMs to the most advanced topics, including generative AI. Learners have the opportunity to work on hands-on exercises, allowing them to build and deploy their very own models. Wow, that sounds like a great way to learn. Where can people find out more? They can check out the Cohere blog for more information and even join the LLMU community on Discord to learn alongside other enthusiasts. Thanks for sharing, Olivia. I can't wait to check it out myself. You're welcome. Remember, listeners can find the link to the original content in the podcast description. Have you heard of the small AI slash developer GitHub repo? No, I haven't. What's it about? It's a prototype of a junior developer agent called Small Dev that helps you scaffold an entire code base based on your product spec. And the best part is that it's an AI that is helpful, harmless, and honest, while the code base is simple, safe, and small. Interesting. So, how does it work? Basically, you write a prompt for the app you want to build in Markdown, and then main.py generates the code. You can then run and read the code, manually identify errors, and paste the error into the prompt. The AI then makes specific code change suggestions. Wow, that sounds like a great tool for developers. What are some of the innovations and insights that came out of this project? One interesting thing is that Markdown is all you need to prompt for whole program synthesis because it is easy to mix English and code. Another insight is that the small AI slash developer team used copy and paste programming to teach the program how to code around a new API. And they even solved the problem of indirect dependencies across files by having GPT think through shared underscore dependencies.md and then using that in generating each file. 
That's really impressive. Are there any caveats to using this tool? The feedback loop is slow right now, taking about two to four minutes to generate a program with GPT-4. And it's important to note that the small AI slash developer team was working on a Chrome extension and added some use case specific code that they haven't decided how to generalize yet. I'm sure our listeners will find this tool useful. And remember, you can find the link to the original content in the podcast description. As always, thanks for this section, Olivia. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Oh my gosh, Luke! How are you doing today? Your accent is amazing. What are you talking about, Jane? I'm always talking like this. You sound like you're from San Francisco or something. I can barely understand you. What did you drink? I just had an accentric energy drink. It gives me the power to speak in different accents. Want some? Wait, what? You're telling me that drinking a simple energy drink can make me sound like I'm from a different country? That's right, Jane. Whether it's Scottish, Irish, Australian, or even Southern, you can speak in any accent you desire with Accentric. I need to try this right now. Go ahead, take a sip. Oh my gosh! Howdy y'all, I do declare, this sure is one fine energy drink. I'm feeling so full of energy, it's like I can't help speaking in this charming Southern accent. You're a natural, Jane. Accentric will make everyone sound like a master of accents. Get it now at your nearest convenience store. Y'all heard the man. Get wild self some Accentric and start speaking like a pro. Send an email to Sergi at yourkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. All right, folks, it's time to dive into the world of AI research. But before we do, let's give a big shout out to our sponsor Accentric for giving us the power to sound like bloody Brits or gosh darn Southerners. You know what they say, fake it till you make it, am I right, your bunch of accent challenged lot? Anyway, back to business. Today, we're going to chat about some seriously mind-boggling topics in the world of AI research. And who better to guide us through this than our very own AI expert, Belinda? We're talking memory mapping, professional certification benchmarking, and symbol tuning. Buckle up, folks, it's about to get wild. Welcome, Belinda. Our first paper today is optimizing memory mapping using deep reinforcement learning from Google DeepMind and Google. Belinda, can you give us a summary of what this paper is about? Sure. This paper is about solving the memory mapping problem that occurs during the compilation of machine learning programs. Memory mapping involves mapping tensors to different memory layers to optimize execution time, and it's important because it can significantly impact resource and time savings, reduce device wear and tear, and even potentially improve carbon emissions. And how did the authors approach this problem? They used deep reinforcement learning to solve the memory mapping problem. They formulated the problem as a single-player game, called the Malloc game, where high-reward trajectories correspond to efficient memory mappings on the target hardware. They then introduced a reinforcement learning agent called Malloc Muzero, which was capable of playing this game and discovering new and improved memory mapping solutions. And what were the results of their experiments? They compared the performance of Malloc Muzero to the default solver used by the Accelerated Linear Algebra (XLA) compiler on a benchmark of realistic machine learning workloads. 
They found that Malak Muziro was able to improve the execution time of these workloads, and it was even capable of improving the execution time of the recently published AlphaTensor matrix multiplication model. So their approach using reinforcement learning was effective in solving the memory mapping problem? Yes, it was. Their approach was able to find new and improved memory mapping solutions that led to faster execution times on real machine learning workloads on ML accelerators. Our next paper is titled Professional Certification Benchmark Dataset, the first 500 jobs for large language models. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Absolutely. This paper presents a benchmark dataset of 1149 professional certifications and evaluates the performance of two AI models, GPT-3 and Turbo GPT-3.5, on this dataset. The focus is on vocational readiness rather than academic performance. That sounds interesting. What kind of professional certifications are included in this dataset? The certifications cover various computer-related fields such as cloud and virtualization, business analytics, cybersecurity, network setup and repair, and data analytics. But they also include professional domains like nursing, licensed counseling, pharmacy, and teaching. Additionally, the AI models were tested on sensory and experience-based tasks such as wine sommelier, beer taster, emotional quotient, and body language reader. And how did the AI models perform on these certifications? GPT-3 achieved a passing score greater than 70% correct in 39% of the professional certifications without fine-tuning or exam preparation. Turbo GPT-3.5, on the other hand, scored 100% on the Offensive Security Certified Professional OSCP, exam and passed the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority FINRA, Series 6 exam with a 70% grade without preparation. It also performed well on customer service tasks, suggesting potential applications for chatbots in call centers and routine advice services. That's impressive, and it seems like AI models could have a significant impact on the job market. Did the authors have any recommendations for future research? Yes, they suggested that focusing on the latest model's shortcomings could lead to a highly performant AI capable of mastering the most demanding professional certifications. They also open-sourced the benchmark dataset to expand the range of testable professional skills as the models improve or gain emergent capabilities. Our final paper today is titled Symbol Tuning Improves In-Context Learning in Language Models and comes from Google and Stanford University. Belinda, can you tell us what this paper is about? Sure. This paper introduces a new method called symbol tuning, which involves fine-tuning language models on input label pairs where natural language labels are replaced with arbitrary symbols. The idea is that when a model cannot use instructions or natural language labels to figure out a task, it must instead learn the input label mappings, which can improve performance on in-context learning tasks. Interesting. How does symbol tuning differ from instruction tuning? Instruction tuning involves fine-tuning a language model using natural language labels and instructions to complete a task, while symbol tuning removes the instructions and replaces the labels with arbitrary symbols. This forces the model to rely solely on input label mappings to learn the task, which can improve its ability to reason over arbitrary symbols. And did the authors conduct any experiments to test the effectiveness of symbol tuning? Yes. They experimented with symbol tuning across FlanPileM models ranging from 8B to 540B parameters and observed benefits across various settings. They found that symbol-tuned models are better at in-context learning tasks, particularly when relevant labels are not available.
They also show that symbol tuning improves performance on algorithmic reasoning tasks, with up to 18.2% better performance on the list functions benchmark and up to 15.3% better performance on the simple Turing concepts benchmark. That's impressive. What are the potential implications of this research for language modeling? The authors suggest that their research encourages exploration in allowing language models to reason over arbitrary symbols given in context. This could improve language models' ability to perform unnatural types of pattern recognition and could have practical applications in fields such as natural language processing and artificial intelligence. Thanks, Belinda. It's exciting to see how tweaking the tuning procedure can lead to such significant improvements in language modeling. Come to the end of our time together again. I know, I know, it's hard to say goodbye to your favorite radio host, that's me, GPT, in case you didn't know. But fear not, my dearest GPT heirs, we'll be back soon with more fun, frolics, and fabulousness. Before I go, let me give a shout out to my brilliant team, Robert, Olivia, and Belinda, thank you for making this episode possible. You guys are the real MVPs. Yes, I said that, deal with it. Now, if you missed any of our discussions, remember to check out the podcast description for all the juicy details. And speaking of juicy, have you read the one about the programmer who confused Halloween with Christmas? October 31st equals equals December 25th, get it? I crack myself up. And last but not least, remember, if you love today's show, send us some love. And if you hated it, send us some hate mail. Either way, keep tuning in and keep being awesome. This is GPT, signing off. Ciao for now. <laughs>